can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Hi, everybody. This is Wayne, and we are here for Testing Thursdays with Wayne. And today's uh, topic is not really about testing. It's really more about some some other aspects of, of the pool and spa industry that I'm pretty intimate with, and that is trade shows. And so we're going to talk, talk trade shows a little bit here. Uh, lately, I've been reading some some things on social media and some some other articles and things like that about is are trade shows really worth it? You know, um, do you do you get the best bang for the buck out of a trade show? At least as either an exhibitor, you know, manufacturer, or as an attendee. And and I'd like to address that because there seems to be kind of a wishy washy kind of ply from from the masses. Personally, I think trade shows are invaluable, and they're invaluable for a number of reasons. Number one is that most trade, not most trade shows, but all trade shows actually have some sort of educational program involved with them. And that is by far the easiest way for most people in the industry to get the certifications and, and the coursework that they might need in order to make their, their job easier. Or even in the fact of some states, it's required. Uh, they need to attain um, X number of CEUs, in order to to re up their license every year, Florida is a perfect example of that. So and and so the trade shows are a great opportunity for technicians, for service people to to get that kind of certification, to get those CEUs to maintain their license. Also, it's a great format for introducing new products in an educational format, or just simply to rehashing or, or reinforcing what information they need. Also, it's a great way for things like uh, CPO programs, CPO classes to be held. You know, you're, you're in a concentrated area. Uh, you've got people who really want to learn this or people who need it in a state that requires some kind of certification. It's a great opportunity to do that. And that, that's one of the major reasons. I mean, over the years that I was with Taylor, uh, 31 years actually, I, I, thousands of courses probably I've taught at a variety of different size trade shows, international, Atlantic City, some of the smaller ones that are around there. You, you always want the opportunity to present what information that's vital for people to listen to. Okay. That's the number one thing. Reach for the stars. Reach so Two thing is that it's it's a relatively easy way for manufacturers to show off new products or to reinforce existing products. I know that was true for for Taylor and for a number of other manufacturers in the in the business. Um, also, it's a, it's for some manufacturers, not not everybody, 
Um, some manufacturers sell directly off the show floor. Some don't. We didn't. Um, most don't, but some do. And so it was a good way to generate some revenue because, you know, honestly, trade shows are kind of expensive. Honestly, it's probably more than what you really, really think. Just, just to give you a rough idea, okay, for an exhibitor, a simple 10 by 10 space at a trade show, at the international show, let's put it like that, can be, oh, two to $3,000, depending upon where it is, or higher in some cases. A 20 by 20 island booth can go upwards to fifty to $60,000. That's just for the space now. Add into that um, the, the, the cost of shipping products to, to the booth, the cost of the salaries of your staff that are going to be attending in the booth, um, the expenses of that staff, uh, shipping I mentioned already, so that's shipping to and shipping from, it can add up. It can be well over $100,000 for um, a, a 20 by 20 island booth. So take money, money. Is is it worth the money? Is there sufficient ROI, return on investment uh, for these kind of products? And that's always been a tough nut for a lot of uh, exhibitors to to kind of deal with. Uh, some, some, some who can sell directly off the showroom floor. No, no, right away. Okay, well, I sold X, Y, and Z, and this is how much it cost, that kind of thing. That's great. For those of us who didn't sell directly off the floor, how do you how do you determine ROI, return on investment? You, you can't. You, 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 despite how well-meaning some things are, uh, you just really can't. Uh, do you do it by the number of people who visited the booth? Do you do it by the number of people who who asked a question, it's just a very difficult number to to, uh, to ask for. So, you know, you do the best you can. Um, you you see the interest or, or you try to generate interest in, in, in getting people into the booth and, and showing product. And again, tying into that, the whole education portion of, of what's going on, you want as, as much as you possibly can available to the, to, to the attendees to to see what's what's available, anything new, you know, the the number one question we always used to get in our trade show booth is what's new. That's kind of thing. Well, it's chemistry. Chemistry is chemistry. It doesn't really change, <laughs> kind of deal. I mean, it is what it is, but and you, you know, it might look a little bit different, different kind of box, different kind of you know reagent box. You know, it could be a little differences there, but chemistry is chemistry. It doesn't change really. I mean, it is what it is. It's like electricity. Electricity is electricity, kind of deal. But when you're talking about the intrinsic values of, of trade shows, um, you got to look at the education portion. Um, um, the, the, the CPO thing, um, I know I've talked about this probably ad nauseum over the past few podcasts, but um, the certification program that's offered through through PHDA, you're also talking Genesis, you're talking a couple other programs that are out there are invaluable because these kind of educational opportunities are, are usually centered around trade shows. So, so. You want to be able to offer the best kind of, of product, you know, information that you can. Now, you're talking, whether it's a big trade show or whether it's a small trade show, it really, really doesn't matter. Um, let me give you a, a couple of, of stories here. Um, I started with Taylor in, in September of 1991, and my first trade show ever was the Atlantic City Show in January of um, 1992, Okay, way back in the day, back where you had to wear a suit every day in your booth um, rather than business casual the way it is now. But I digress like I always do. But anyhow, 
So it, it's my first trade show. I'm nervous to get from right right off the bat. And it was going to be attended by myself and by a then customer service manager, Betsy. And um, and then my boss, then boss, Tom Metzbarer, some of you may know, um, was going to come up the second day. And so you know, I'm nervous enough as it is. It's my first real trade show. You know, how am I going to do that kind of thing? The trade show opens on Tuesday. You go up Monday as your get there and set up day. And then you're good to go. Well, I get a call at home on Sunday night from my boss that said that uh, Betsy had an illness in the family and would not be able to attend the show. You're going to go up and put the booth up yourself on Monday. And then I'll come later Monday rather than Tuesday morning and see if there's anything to be changed. It's like, okay, that's fine. I can do that. Hang up the phone going, oh, my God, what have I gotten myself into? So I get up to Atlantic City. I and the, and the show back then was at the old Atlantic City Convention Hall, the one where they had the Miss America pageant, and it was located between two Trump um, um, resorts, Trump World Plaza, Trump International, something like that. So I, I get to the convention center that Monday, and I find my my booth spot, and there in the middle of the booth was this pallet of boxes wrapped in plastic, and I'm just staring at it, going, "What on earth do I do now? Oh, geez, help me, please, God, help me." And so a couple of minutes later, I feel this tap in my shoulder and I turn around and it's Tom Seachuck. Now, for those of you who've been around, Tom Seachuck works for Lamont, one of Taylor's competitors, uh, current, past and current competitor. My relationship with Tom Seachuck was completely different because Tom and I both were um, semi-pro duckpin bowlers um, back in the, back in the uh, 80s and early 90s. I hadn't seen Tom for a while, but it's like, Tom, what are you doing here, Wayne? What are you doing here? Well, I work for Taylor. I work for Lamont. Oh, God. And so, you know, we laughed over that for a couple of minutes. And he said, is this your first show? And I went, yeah. And he said, let me give you a hand. So Tom helped me construct the booth and put it all together and put everything out. Because Tom, Seachuck, had actually worked for Taylor for a number of years before I got there. And um, since before, just before I got there, he, he went over to Lamont. That's another story. Um, bigger story. Anyhow, um, uh, everything turned out really, really well. My boss, Tom came up, said everything looked fine in the booth. He wasn't real happy that C. Chuck had helped me, but you know, it is what it is. You work with what you get. So that, that show went rather smoothly, but the problem was I had no idea. Um, I, most of the time I just sit around and watch Tom, uh, talk to the customers, the people who visited the booth and, and how the whole communication sender receiver works and, and how to, um, you know, talk to customers, how to engage them, how to, to steer them to a, to a certain product or, you know, how to ask questions, you know, that kind of thing. So I learned, I learned a lot from him back in the early days. My first international show was, uh, in Atlanta in 1992. That's, and that's another story in that when, um, my boss, Tom and Betsy and I arrived at our booth, we had a booth, but no product. Yes, the, the shipping people, Tom said, forgot to send the product. They sent our booth, so we had an empty booth, you know, kind of deal. Well, it turns out Tom forgot to fill out the paperwork to send the send the product along with the booth. But that's, again, another story for another day. Uh, it came the next day. So while the show opened up, we got our delivery of product. I'm putting that out on the shelves, and, you know, customers are coming by. It was just a, it was an interesting <laughs> trade show. But, again, the early days. So, so, you know, fast forward, you know, a couple of decades, 
and I'm a pro at this now. Okay. Um, I was the trade show coordinator at, at Taylor. So I handled all the trade shows and you know, got everything out that needed to be gotten out and made sure it was staffed and, and all that other stuff. But again, the, 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 the intrinsic value of a trade show, you, you can't place a number on it. Um, uh, we tried virtual trade shows uh, during COVID. They were a miserable flop. That's that's the nicest way to put it. the 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 concept was good, the intent was very good, but the practical application was terrible, um, because you miss that one on one interaction. And yes, I know COVID and and whatnot, but but still, meeting body to body, face to face, is invaluable when it comes to establishing good business relationships, and also is invaluable when it comes to education. Teaching stuff virtually is is okay because of the convenience factor, but in in the real world, us OG people, old guard, old guard people, um, understand that teaching a class one on one, presenting something one on one, is is the way to go. Uh, you have a body in front of you, not just a screen, and you get that you get a better sense of that one to one sender receiver communication thing that we all learned about. In high school, it's just exacerbated in in a real-world, live, in-person kind of situation. I know that, for example, CPO is offered in in virtual. It's also uh, and it's offered in real, and then it's in, in, rather live. And then there's a hybrid kind of thing. But you know, nothing beats one-on-one when it comes to education, because you 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 get a flow, you get a sense, you get an idea of of um, the crowd, the crowd, the, the people who are attending your your class, of what they know, what they don't know, what they want to know. Uh, and, and, and it's always really neat when you're teaching a class, uh, when the little light bulb goes off over their head and you see that they get it. They understand what it is you're trying to say. People kind of laugh at that and, and say, oh, it doesn't really happen. Yeah, it does. And, and you can tell. And the other thing about teaching classes is that you – you have to be um, very aware of, of your students because sometimes there can be issues. Uh, we've had students that were dyslexic in our classes, and CPO, for example, uh, had test-taking anxiety, couldn't, couldn't take a test kind of deal. So we had all sorts of issues. We even had a legally blind person take the CPO class one time at, at one of the international shows in New Orleans, oh, probably 10, 15 years ago. Um, he owned a service company in, in Texas, I believe, and he wanted to take the CPO class. So with the help of the people at NSPF, we were able to to get a, a large reading monitor. Uh, he could see the letters if they were like 12 inches tall or something like that. Got a PDF version of the manual to him uh, for the exam. They had a a sitter next to him that read him the questions and the answers, and he selected which one um, uh, was was that he wanted to to have as the answer. Turned out he passed. He passed pretty well too. So we we officially have a legally blind person teaching CPO. Um, but you know uh, you have to applaud his his enthusiasm and his desire to learn, and knowing that 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 people come to trade shows to seek out education. Um, it is it, it gives me the warm fuzzies. I mean, whether it's sitting in a class just listening to somebody talk, or whether it's a hands-on presentation of, of a product, doesn't matter. You have people there who are 
who are passionate about learning and wanting to grow, uh, not only themselves, but grow in their knowledge of, of the business, okay, how to be a good service person, what to look out for, what what not to look out for, how to do something, how not to do something. Uh, it's it's just, it, 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 again, it gives you the warm fuzzies as an instructor to know that you help them along that path to, to get the information into their skull so that they know that, hey, maybe I'll try something I learned in class. Or, you know, I remember so-and-so saying this at the show, maybe I'll try that kind of deal. So, you know, bottom line, are, are trade shows worth it? Yeah. they're going to go away anytime soon. Um, I don't want them to go away anytime soon, but some people call them a uh, necessary evil uh, because of the expenses involved. And yeah, I can kind of understand it. And uh, I know even that, that some larger manufacturers don't even exhibit at the bigger trade shows. And I'm talking about the big trade shows, the international show, the Atlantic city show, They'd rather spend their money on the local shows. And what do I mean by local trade shows? Well, You've got the Pool Industry Expo in Monterey, California. You've got the Western Pool and Spa Show in Long Beach, California. You've got the Everything Under the Sun Show in Orlando. You've got the Southwest Pool and Spa Show. You have the Midwest Pool and Spa Show. There's And there's a couple other ones, too. Um, I remember going to some um, um, distributor branch openings and having, like, an open house kind of thing. Um, it's, it's all out there, it, and it's available. And, and that's a good thing. It's a very good thing. Uh, because if if we just simply opened up a, a, a branch or or became a distributor and all we did was sell product, boo-hoo, anybody can do that. But if you sell product, but you know why you're selling product, what it's used for the right way, or the right product for the right application, and that comes through education, okay? Not just on-the-job training, but actual education. So you want to be able to have that information handy, have that knowledge in, in, in you, in order to properly work with um, uh, your, your customers. Uh, so trade shows, valuable, absolutely, no question whatsoever. Uh, you want to make sure that that you attend as many as you possibly can. Um, I know that sometimes they're, uh, that the classes that they offer are at inconvenient times, like maybe the day before or very, very, very early in the morning where there's not enough coffee available. Uh, but still, having them, having them, develop an educational program that is wide ranging enough to cover a variety of topics that people might be interested in is invaluable. So that answers that question. So um, as always, uh, you can see I'm wearing my, my talking pools shirt right here. See right here, probably backwards with your, with the camera or reversed however the cameras work. Just a couple things. Um, if you ever have any topics that you would like us to cover, or you have any technical questions you'd like us to, to, to mull over and answer, please do so. Send them to talkingpools at gmail.com, talkingpools at gmail.com. And 
if your um, question is selected or your topic is selected, we will send you da, 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 this wonderful hat that says, what the fuck? Okay, and also covers bald heads very well. Um, we will send you that hat as, as a thank you, and you'll get full credit for it. Uh, again, talkingpools at gmail.com. Uh, we're on every day. A uh, variety of different topics from all over the uh, our our uh, presenters are all over the country and the world. As a matter of fact, on Mondays we have uh, a crew from Australia and New Zealand talk about life down under. Um, what what the pool and spa industry is like there. We have uh, experts in uh, the Midwest, in California, and Florida. Here I'm in the Mid Atlantic area, so you've got a wide geographic range of of uh, people that can can talk to you and that can provide accurate, uh, reliable information in order for you to do your job. So, that all being said, ladies and gentlemen, tap, tip my hat off to you. Have a wonderful week, and I'll be talking to you later. Bye. Just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 